Welcome to The Broad Pod, just a couple of broads interviewing inspiring women. I'm Becca. And I'm Jackie. Let's get inspired together. Don't forget to stay tuned at the end of the episode for a special surprise for our guest. And thank you to WKWC for allowing us to use their podcast studio. You say it's your birthday. <laughs> it's not my birthday too, yeah. <laughs> When so November fifteenth, November fifteenth, yeah. I will be forty three years old. Wow! So in just like a week or whatever, yeah. how many days away that is? That's yeah. coming up. Yeah. So what are we doing? Uh, <laughs> I don't really know, honestly. We, we, I don't have anything planned. You know, my big fortieth birthday was in twenty twenty, and there wah, was like, wah. yeah, I didn't get to do anything. Matt yeah. like put a video together of like people oh, sending nice. me happy birthday messages, but I had had all these big plans for my 40th birthday to go mm-hmm. on a trip with girlfriends or, you know, have some sort of party. And then that sort of passed. Yeah. And I got nothing. I got nothing. When did you do That's dinner? Terrible. Pick your favorite restaurant. They're Let's all my favorite dinner. restaurants. I'm okay, a big girl. Yeah, Mama like to eat. That one. <laughs> yeah. It's on your mind. Let's go to okay. that one. All right. Miller House is my favorite. I don't know if I'm allowed I to say that. I love the Miller House I love so the much. Miller House. Okay. Okay. That's all done. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll figure I'm, out I'm when there. and where and all those kind of things. I'm there. Okay. <laughs> all right. Good. Yes. Happy early birthday. Thank you. My dear friend. <laughs> yeah. 43. It's is like, it weird? Is it, it weird? Is, it is weird. Like, I don't know what I thought 43 would be, but I don't. I don't know. I feel younger than that. Good. That's <laughs> this good. This is when you tell me I look younger than that. You look amazing. Yeah, okay, you act you. a lot younger than well, that. <laughs> I, I'm very immature. I think it's because I'm around college kids all the time. I like I it. think I'm younger than I actually am. You're a fun guy. And then they say things like I referenced the show, a different world. Does mm. anybody remember that mm-hmm. show spinoff of the Cosby show? Yeah, I didn't watch it, but okay. I know what it is. Yeah. I referenced that. And then the Cosby show to some students the other day and they looked at me like, like they had Hair? no idea what I was talking about. And then that's when I realized I was a dinosaur. So yeah. that's where we are in our lives right now. Yeah. So, but it's a, a privilege yeah. to age because not everybody gets yeah, to. You're true. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're right. You're right. It's hard. Some of the things positive that come with it. Positive over here is looking positive at it. Pet. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to have a positive perspective, even though yeah. I will feel the same way yeah. every year. I just day. want a cookie cake. That is my declaration. If my husband okay. does not cookie get me cake. a cookie cake from Great American Cookie Company, we're going to have a lot of d- talks about and it. And I want as much okay. icing on that cookie cake as possible. Oh, Matthew so you like Ruark. the icing. Okay, See, I go, for the, I go for the pieces that are like minimal icing. So I'm gonna be scraping it off and put it on your piece. I have no understanding of who you are as a human. How did what is that real? You just want the cookie, no icing? Well, like I could actually just eat raw cookie dough, honestly. Well, yeah. Yeah, I that's what that. I'd like to just have that. But if you, you don't go, have to cook it. If you go into Great American Cookie Company, they have like, you know, like pizza yeah. slices of I'm cookies. No icing. No, I literally because you go in there sometimes and they none of them have icing on it. And I always ask, Request. Can you go back and put some more icing on it? And they'll do it for you if you I love that. Just so everybody knows. So anyway, yeah. It's great. Thank you. Thank you well, for the happy birthday, birthday wishes. I appreciate yes. it. Boo. Yes. So Woop woop. We have a really great guest here that this I feel like a exciting. lot of people know, but not everybody knows. And so I'm really glad. Suzanne is a new friend for me, but a great friend already. I'm excited um, to get to know her. She, I've I've heard of Suzanne for several years that I've been here in Owensboro. We have a lot of close mutual friends. Ashley Gendek is one of them. Ah, and that's, that's how Jackie and I met, actually, yes, was awesome, through Ashley. Right? Yeah, she's wonderful. She is awesome. Um, and so uh, I'm going to let Suzanne introduce herself here in just a moment, but I'm just excited for more people to get to know her because she is 
is, I would say, a very like a pillar of our community and some of the things that she's done in her activities and involvements and just how influential she is. So anyway, Suzanne, Suzanne Craig. Well, thank you, Becca. In fact, that was such a good introduction. I think uh, you you look 30, by oh, the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. 30 and then like, plus 20. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, are you from Owensboro? What's your family like? All of those kind of things. Well, um, I was originally born in Paducah, which is just a few hours from here. And uh, I came here when I was 12 years old with, okay. with my mom and dad and sister. And so I've been here ever since, but I went to three different high schools. Uh, oh. So in the, in the area. And so I really don't have a graduating class, so to speak, because I feel like every every other person I see, they're like, oh, we went to high school together. And I'm like, kind of. Kind of. For a little <laughs> bit. A little bit. bit. We did, yeah. But, but honestly, that's made me uh, changing schools uh, throughout my life has really made me more drawn to people who are different or who are outsiders or I'm just not scared of different or, or starting conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've already learned that about mm-hmm. you. So, okay. Well, I'm going to give it to Jackie. First, mm-hmm. we're going to start with some icebreaker questions. All right. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. I was All born right. ready. I can't, I can't <laughs> wait to hear what you have to say. What are the top three items on your bucket list? Uh, well, it may sound boring, but I've always wanted to do a TED Talk. Okay. And, um, I'm not sure of the topic. There's a lot of things I'm interested in, and I've watched online, you know, some, I uh, watch TED Talks every day, so I'm really into them. Do you all watch TED Talks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I use them a lot in yeah. trainings. And it's, stuff. it's like wonderful. And then... Um, I had exchange students in the in the '90s. I'm dating myself. See, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and and you I had would exchange like, students when you were in elementary school. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. But uh, in my 20s, I had all these exchange students. Me and my late hu- my late husband and I, and before we even had kids. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to just go visit them all one by one. And oh. so we had four exchange students, and uh, and some of my favorite are from uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. Oh, wow. uh, I'm Germany, you know, different places. And yeah. so I'd just like to take a year and just go all see them all in one year. Are you still in contact with them? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's that, Facebook is great for that, right? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, And it's so neat seeing their families. And then uh, recently uh, the exchange student Teo from Sao Paulo, Brazil, he called me. He says, Susie, I just realized you were only 24 when I was in your house. You were young. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought you were old then. Yeah. You were such an adult. Yeah. 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 That literally we got him the month I graduated from college, uh, bought a house, and we got exchanged in the same month. Oh, wow. Boy, that was ready to grow up, yeah. right? And how mm-hmm. long would they stay with you? Uh, 10 months. Oh, wow. wow. So a whole academic yeah. year. Yes. That's yes. really cool. Yeah. Or insane. Yeah. Depending well, on how you look at it. Yeah. I'm sure there were times when you were like, oh, okay. <laughs> That, that's a fun experience for mm-hmm. both both sides. Yeah. All right, so, so what show is your biggest guilty pleasure? Oh wait, did you get oh. the third thing on oh. your bucket list? Oh, no, no, okay. no, 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 you're good. Yeah, uh, my daughter lives in New York, and I would love nothing more than to be able to go spend half a year with her. Yeah, uh, but I need to be retired, so work gets in the way with that, right? Yeah, but, work gets in the way of a lot of. But things, it would actually. be on a bucket list thing to pick a big city and just be able to like stay there more than just like a week yeah and like really and so that'd be cool there. yeah i love big cities i mean the, i like the vibe the energy yeah but see i think i like big cities in small doses yes like when i Short when trip. i like i have good friends who live in manhattan and so when we go visit them i love it while i'm there i'm like mm-hmm. oh, the hustle the bustle mm-hmm. the walking everywhere and then i get home and i'm like oh this is nice yeah. but yeah I, I i like the idea of going there like half well, a we year. should go to big city together i think we'd be too t- 
tall drink of water. Oh my gosh. My goodness. Yeah, they'd be afraid of us. That's <laughs> But I think, have you ever thought of us starting like us, but like starting a TED Talk thing in Owensboro, like hosting some Wouldn't sort of cool? like Ooh, that would be Cuz I mean, I think there's people in Owensboro who would love like mm-hmm. that would be, that could be a good like first you're planning first shot for your um your TED Talk yep. there. So yep. I'm just putting that uh, out yeah. there. Thank you. Ted Owensboro or whatever they call it. So. Yeah. Sorry for jumping again no, on, okay. the, on the questions. Um, so what show is your biggest guilty pleasure? Uh, it's kind of parallel with my life. 90 mm. Day Fiance. Oh, oh see, my goodness. I don't I watch that. But I it comes on I've after Sister Wives. <laughs> yes. It's, yeah. it, it's, you know, I, I don't know that it's kind of comical for me. And because um, I'm married to uh, a Chinese gentlemen and it and it cracks me up just to see them kind of suffer too in their cultural misunderstandings <laughs> ah, yes <laughs> yeah, so what is the premise of that show it's all about like that they they have 90 days in order to uh, become here legally okay. and so they have to get married but they only have 90 days to do so once they get a, a special k-1 visa okay and so you only have so long to do it and so uh so many of the couples you know they don't have a long time to figure out what daily life looks like okay so they'll come to the united states or or sometimes some of them will go to the other country and they'll um you but you only have 90 days to figure it out like so have they been like dating long distance at this point like over the internet or whatever okay a lot of cases but but that's very different than being live and in front of somebody else yeah it's kind of hard to date in a a separate country i assume but but I love the cultural misunderstandings and just yeah. how they get on each other's nerves because that's real life. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and even whenever you share the same culture, you get yeah. on each other's nerves and there's lots of misunderstandings. I don't know I what you're imagine. talking about, Jackie. That never happens in <laughs> oh, my home. Oh, well. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Lucky you. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> so do, are they like most of them meeting online or how? What is? Or are they set up on the show? Uh, and I don't think they're set up on the show. Okay, they, so they met. already know each other. There's some other means okay. or something. Okay. Got you, got you. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so who would you want to play you in a movie about your life, and what would the name of the movie be? Okay, I have a serious one and a maybe a funny one. I don't okay. know. Okay. I'll, what do you want, the funny or the serious first? Mm, go with serious first. Okay. 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 I would want maybe Life's a Dance, You Learn As You Go. Okay. Okay. Like and Bette Midler. Maybe because she's Ooh, oh, funny yeah. and she's unkept. Yes. And she's brilliant and, you know, just a little yes. bit of all yeah. of that. So, yes. uh, and she could sing. I've always wanted Absolutely. to secretly sing. Mm-hmm. Like, but then I would never get off the microphone. So yeah. God knew what he was doing. You know, <laughs> I would like grab it at karaoke time, but I could play music. I could play the uh, guitar, but I can't sing. Okay. And so, but uh, so I secretly admire people who could sing. And then maybe, uh, the funnier one, yeah, okay. okay, is that I like accents so much that I woke up with the Chinese man in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Beth could pull off either one of those movies. Uh, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I love it so much. <laughs> All right, so let's let's dive a little deeper into your life, Suzanne. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just gonna go. We're gonna go right to the serious questions mm-hmm. then. So you lost your first husband. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you like to tell us about him and what you've learned from experiencing such a tragic loss so young? Well, um, I met Ted when I, I was. Uh, we we're five years apart, mm-hmm. and I was uh, met him at seventeen, and we married when I was nineteen. Oh wow! Yeah. And so uh, we're soulmates. I mean, he was six four and a half. He's tall, drink of water, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, we're two peas in a pod. Um, 
Ted was a gentle giant and loved to dance. And mm-hmm. so we would dance every night in the kitchen. That was oh, our thing. Back when we sold our house, the lady who bought our house said that she bought it because there were squirrel marks in the kitchen. Because <laughs> every night uh, we would dance in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so it was a real love affair. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if I'm going to be like completely honest, you know, the unfortunate part is he did take his life. Okay. And so I know that that's a challenging, stigmatizing thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and people do it for all kinds of reasons. But I feel like that there should be some good that comes out of it. That mm-hmm. when I was a widow at 34 years old, I didn't know one single other lady or man who had a spouse that took his or her life. And mm-hmm. I was a therapist at the time. I don't wow. know if I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. I was a mental health therapist. And so... That even felt more stigmatizing because I'm supposed to know, right? I'm right. supposed to have shortcuts to suffering, but mm-hmm. that's not how that works. We all know that. Mm-hmm. And we know every year 50,000 people take their lives. Wow. And so seven, like as many as 75%, I think it's the percentage are men. Wow. So I think it's important to for me to just be honest because it really is the impetus of so much of the work I've done in the community without mm-hmm. that event I would not have had all this post-traumatic growth of all the things I did after. Mm-hmm. And so um, he was the greatest joy of my life, mm-hmm. but he's also been the biggest inspiration after his death. Wow. wow. And so, um, you know, that I just want to implore people who kind of go through whether grief process or uh, death uh, by suicide or any death going through grief is, is that seek help. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was one of the greatest pleasures ever in order to for me to talk to a therapist about it. For, And it's also spurred more work. When we get healthier about it, I've been able to mentor 18 women in the community who have all lost a husband since then. So now oh, they have wow. a community that I didn't have. Yeah, And I have coffee with them or I talk them through. I'm not their therapist, but, yeah. mm-hmm. but I'm their kind of grief mentor. Your friend. Yeah. Yes. And so we need that when we're in our darkest days. Mm. But also be there to celebrate them in their best days. Mm -hmm. And that comes, but we're never the same. Mm -hmm. So this one psychologist calls it that you need to tell your story and then you need to make sure that you, by doing so, you learn something about yourself and what's Mm -hmm. important to you. And then it helps you to, then you need to, in the rebuilding process, um, You rebuild your bond Mm -hmm. with uh, your loved one that passed away. And then last but most, maybe most importantly, you reinvent your life through telling your story about your loved one. Mm -hmm. So thank you for asking that because uh, without him, there's no way I could be me. I mean, Mm. he took on uh, three jobs to put me through college. Oh, wow. So um, absolutely is he's a part of who I am. Yeah. And you and Ted had children. We did. Yeah. We had two daughters. Okay. And, uh, the 13 months apart, they're adults now, but, uh, 13 months apart. So they were kindergarten to first grade when he passed away. Okay. Mm-hmm. And one of your daughters just graduated from Western. Did I make yes, that up? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. As a social worker. Yeah. That's awesome. And so, so she's a helping is obviously yeah. um, something that was bred into her. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it's the big primary reason Ted's death is why I went to the, came, got to go to the health department, yeah. uh, that I was a mental health therapist, worked in the mental health field, loved it, mm-hmm. loved helping people. But, you know, when tragedy happens to you and you work in mental health, you need in order to be ethical, you need to take a break. Yeah. And you need to do no harm. And so at that point, I had to decide where, where what kind of occupation did I need 
to do that wasn't mental health for just a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I thought it was just a small break. I thought maybe a six month break or a year. Mm -hmm. Um, But then uh, I fell in love with public health and the innovative factor. In fact, I told my friend, I'm like, what do we, what, what does a therapist do in like public health? Like, I don't know anything about birthing babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I soon learned that public health has a lot to do with many, many things, more than just birthing babies and shots. Yeah. And so I fell in love with access to care programming. Mm-hmm. And so since that point, um, one of my passions is uh, access to medical care and prescriptions. Mm-hmm. And guess what Ted lacked in late in life mm-hmm. is that. Yeah. So you could see how that would spur my work. Mm-hmm. And to date, we've gotten $82 million worth of medicines, wow. millions and millions of dollars of donated care. CNN came to talk to us because we were doing something right. Not, not to mm-hmm. brag. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, you know, brag away. Know that. So you work at the it's Green incredible. River. District Health Department, yes. Yeah. Um, and you work with, like, what specifically, like, what programs do you it's, work with there? Well, Community Access Project is like, uh, there's five of them okay. and, and, and five counties. And so that's the... That's my biggest passion okay. is the access to care part. And we do some other like diabetes management mm-hmm. and smoking cessation kinds of things. But yeah. that is what I'm most passionate about. Yeah. You know, those medicines. And uh, and when when Ted was um, before his death, I mean, that's something we, we had trouble affording all of his medicines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's a big deal. So I know this from the inside out. This is yeah. not just a guesstimate of what people are going through who don't have their medicines. And my staff are rock stars. I mean, they are like Mother Teresa, seriously. Yeah. Uh, They are missionaries in the way they treat people and behave and uh, interact. Every single day, I admire them and they humble me every day. That's awesome. So it's cool to work with people like that. So how do people who need the medicines, like how how do they get connected with that? Well, we work through pharmaceutical companies. So we work with the whole medical community. Okay. So it's a little more than 1,200 medical providers. Oh. And so we fill out those pharmaceutical applications okay. and then we get the doctors to sign off. We just become expert at a system. So we're not buying anything, mm-hmm. but we become pretty good at ticking the right box, getting the right paperwork, working with doctors. And so we've just made that process easier, a hard process easier. Yeah. That's and so uh, we're really proud. So Fiscal courts, uh, the hospital, like we get grants a lot mm-hmm. for our work, uh, boards of health. A lot of people have me to come talk about access to care problems. Okay. Because that's my jam. Yeah. <laughs> that's what gets my, my motor going. I like it. So, okay. We're, you, what do you, are there challenges with that? Like what are the biggest challenges with working uh, with those programs? And Seeing people suffer. Yeah. Seeing people maybe suffer who they're, they've not... Uh, use their insulin because they don't think there's any help for them. And then Mm. finally their friend tells them to send them to us and then we get their insulin and like seeing that they have impacted their health as a result. The other is just seeing good, bad things happen to good people. Mm -hmm. Seeing somebody get MS, seeing someone uh, uh, lose a limb, you know? And so every single day we get to witness uh, people's physical suffering. Yeah. And so, uh, but, you know, as a minister that I pray for these folks every day. Mm-hmm. So I'm an ordained minister as well. And so it's hard seeing suffering, yeah. honestly. But um, I think it is part of my legacy's work is to to focus on the decrease of suffering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I know that might be Pollyanna, but it's, <clears throat> it's really the way I feel. And what a witness. I mean, because you have 
gone through suffering and you are uh, showing others how they can turn that around and, and use it for good. And that is an amazing impact that you're having. And I'm just so enjoying hearing Thank from you. you. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. But you know, if it's not again for Ted's death, I really feel like that I would not have the same impetus and passion mm-hmm. and, and wow. running the extra mile. It's not just a paycheck for me. I'll right. work as many hours as I need in order to, to make a difference. Yeah. That's well, incredible. But- so you've also, mm-hmm. there's just like a list. You also helped found the Owensboro Community Dental Clinic, mm-hmm. which I didn't really know wow. a lot about until mm-hmm. we had had lunch that day. Um, mm-hmm. Can you just tell us about how that came about sure. and what services they offer to the community? So my first week on the job, you know, I'm a therapist and I'm kind of weird, like in that <laughs> environment. And people look at me like weird back then. And so I'd ask weird questions that maybe other public health people wouldn't in the same way. And notice people had swollen faces, but they were there for pap smears. They were there for WIC. They were here for other services. And I just couldn't hardly stand it. So I said, what's going on? Yeah, You're swollen to your eyeball. Oh, it's just a dental infection. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't I'm, worry. I'm here for something else. And I realized that a lot of people are living in dental pain. I personally never had dental pain. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... But I can imagine it's pretty brutal. I've yeah. heard people say. And so I was it was just seemed like an epidemic, like everywhere I look in the health department and then community. So I started asking questions. What's going on with this? That's what therapists ask a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so at that point, um, I realized that Medicaid has not changed the reimbursement in 20 years. So that meant that providers would only get paid thirty five dollars to pull a tooth, for instance. Oh wow. And a regular dentist would get like two hundred and fifty. So Dentists often could not even afford to take a Medicaid patient from all the paperwork and the low reimbursement. So people weren't taking Medicaid. So people would have coverage, which would the average person would say, oh, they're insured. Why why worry about them? Uh, They just need to work or they just need to do this. But dental care in our community in the state of Kentucky, we rank number two as having the citizens in the most dental pain. That's not really? okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. The number one reason cited for missed school days for children. So let's say you don't care about adults. Like I think you do, yeah. but <laughs> let's say you don't for a minute. And, but do you care about kids? Do you know mm-hmm. that right before the pandemic statistics said the number one reason cited for missed school days is guess what? Dental pain. Really? Yes. And, and we see all kinds of kids, half our practice. I'm talking kids that don't want to go to prom, don't want to smile in their pictures, who have low self-esteem because they have mm. rotten teeth. Wow. Or they're, they stop eating because oh. it hurts too much. Imagine. Oh, wow. You know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, that's not okay. I don't yeah. think uh, dental care should be a luxury. Yeah. Right. You know, and so they say now that you could tell what income bracket people used to. You'd have nice shoes, nice purse, and you could tell what income bracket. But now you could tell if people have straight or missing teeth. Huh. Mm-hmm. You know, what 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 was your childhood like? And mm-hmm. imagine what that does for like um, self-esteem, jobs, missed school days, missed work days. Yeah. So this didn't seem OK to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I get a little bit indignant about these things. Yeah. And so um, a group of concerned citizens, we just started talking roundtable style. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it was a very, I don't know. I I don't want to sound like woo-woo, but it it (laughs) felt like all all the magic dust came together. And the people at the table, we all had just a little skill together, you know, that whole synergy thing, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so little by little, um, 
We all came together and we were just all dumb enough to think we could do it. None of us were dentists, <laughs> right? And I had dentists calling me saying, what do you think you're doing? You're wasting grant money. You're crazy. I mean, literally call me crazy. And I said, oh, thank you for your concern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but little by little, we just had a vision. Oh, well, what we'll do is we'll do, hire a few part-time dentists in a basement somewhere. We had no idea what we're doing. We didn't know how <laughs> expensive dental supplies would be, what yeah. that would look like. But over time, we continued just step by step, breadcrumb by breadcrumb. And now we have a half million dollar facility with wow. two and a half dentists. Wow. Um, two full-time and one part-time. Oh, I thought ten. it was half of a person. I'm just <laughs> well, kidding. You know, yeah. Let's be sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, and then we have, you know, uh, 10 staff, uh, oh, dental wow. assistants, hygienists. And so we've served 25,000 people. So 25,000 people would be in dental pain. And, you know, for me, that's a big win for our community. These are yeah. people who would go to the emergency room. That's people who would miss work days. And so... Um, Honestly, um, it's humbling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that I, I won't always know all the names of these people, but um, I pray for them and mm -hmm. I send good wishes to them, to mm -hmm. staff and to, to these people. Um, they're part of my legacy. Yeah, mm -hmm. you for know, sure. Uh, and care. And so the cool thing is, is that I remember how grief stricken I was with, with uh, losing Ted. I went to the health department three weeks after he died. Oh, wow. So I was pretty new mm -hmm. grief stricken and, what I thought was cool about dentistry is unlike grief, you don't get over it within 24 hours, mm -hmm. you know, but you could actually, somebody could be in dental pain and you could fill their tooth or pull it. And guess what? You're good as new in 24, 48 hours. It was like magic. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the thought of decreasing that suffering. I wish, I wish you could kind of pull grief out of your body like that, Yeah, mm -hmm. but it's a longer process, unfortunately, but seeing people relieving other people's suffering Healed me. Yeah. Every time. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was a humbling thing. It gave me purpose. It gave me a reason to wake up every day and do best for my daughters mm -hmm. and to show up and do best for me mm -hmm. and for others. Because others were counting on me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just about me. Yeah. Well, thank God yeah. that you asked like mm -hmm. those questions that you were asking a lot the of weird questions. questions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I can't take full credit, although I'm a founder, but there's mm -hmm. some other rock star people at the table and and I've been the board president almost uh, um, since 2012. Oh, wow. And it opened in nine. And so, you oh, know, wow. that I've, I've really tried to uh, really lead in a good way. We've partnered with UofL in order to increase our capacity. So we'll do that in January. So we're just trying to do things to continue to increase that uh, reach. Yeah. Because you would think it'd be better, but we get 200 calls a day for help. 200 imagine that is yeah you know i had no idea yeah the fact that the school attendance is affected by that i mean those yeah. are just things that i don't think the average person thinks about there's mm -hmm. no other medicaid clinic and um you would have to go quite a few hours yeah because it's really only covers 40 medicaid only covers 40 percent of the real costs that means yeah. every patient we see we lose money mm. so we that other 60 percent we're getting grants yeah okay. and so the community's been a big rock star in that is that we tell them and and, and they're helping us all, yeah. the, all along the way. And it's not an accident that's called a community uh, dental clinic because it couldn't be there without the community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Well, the fact that, you know, 25,000 people have 
been helped because mm-hmm. y'all were crazy enough just to think that you could do it. I mean, I think that yeah. just says it's a incredible. lot about the people who were involved and that you didn't, you didn't let the naysayers stop you from doing mm-hmm. what you knew yeah. needed to happen. So, and I'm glad I don't, I didn't that back then I didn't know how hard it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sure. I was just naive enough to say, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, but, I feel like that's how some of the best things happen though. Absolutely. Honestly, for sure. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go, I'm all over the place with the questions, but so tell us, you've talked a little bit about him. Tell us how you met your now husband um, and what you've learned from that relationship with him and those cultural differences mm-hmm. and your children. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I really loved you talking about your children. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we met on a Christian chat, um, and so we really became friends. I, I just thought he was brilliant, and mm-hmm. he thought I was a little smart, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had that in common where, where we really didn't know what each other looked like in that sense. And, uh, and so— um, he is 129 pounds, maybe five six. <laughs> I'm not saying what my weight is back in yeah. the day, maybe, guys. But, but you're what? You're six <laughs> foot tall at least, right? Uh, five ten. Okay, yeah. five ten. Okay. Um, maybe a little taller with shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, but I'm a big girl. I'm a, you know, I could be a basketball player kind of girl. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you and I are of yeah. the same. Yes. But uh, the cool thing about having a husband that's only five, six, when we go for walks and he gets tired of walking, I can put him in a little baby carrier and he can flap his legs. <laughs> <laughs> fast, <laughs> Susie, fast stop. <laughs> no, but uh, we're, 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 we're uh, often chuckle about our differences, but, mm-hmm. but the cultural differences are pretty great, you know? Yeah. And so we're always having some cultural misunderstandings. Uh, I'll tell one real quick with my daughter. Uh, she at the time was like eight years old and Maddie, the, the one, the, the social work, um, major or, or graduate now uh she was just that real creative type so she had it was it was halloween and so we had a pumpkin and she literally wrote a, a play about the pumpkin she'd say good morning punky she got it punky not very original right and so she would just she'd love this pumpkin and she would like literally tell it by when she go to school First thing she'd want to do is see it. She'd write poetry about. It. I mean, it was a it little obsessive. Like Channing, okay? something yes. Channing would do. I literally was going through yeah. my mind like, "That's my kid." Yes. Right there. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Okay, so this punky was like super, super important. Uh-huh. And so one day we're like walking up the little trail up to the house, and Maddie goes, "Mom, that's weird. That looks like punky stem in the yard." And I go. Oh, oh no. God. <laughs> so we go in and my husband's like boiling a pot of oh no, a pumpkin. Oh, no. <laughs> and my daughter melts to the floor and said, you ate my friend. <laughs> yeah. And my husband looks at me and says, I do not understand this obsession oh, with, no. with decorating with food. Food is food. And so the next year there was a big sign that Maddie placed on the pumpkin that says, this is my friend, Charles. Do not eat. <laughs> I love that. But, you know, there's all kinds of, obviously we have cultural differences and, uh, but I think it's good to be uncomfortable in your own skin. Yeah. Like some days when I have energy, right? Yeah. When, when you've had a long day, sometimes it's like, oh, yeah. but, but for the most part you become, I think better. Mm-hmm. You see the world more broadly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're more empathetic. And so I think that that's something, he was a widower as well. So mm-hmm. we have that in common. Mm-hmm. And so, um, People constantly laugh at our differences because it's just that grand. Yeah. You know, and uh, we uh, do a lot of vacationing and we always have people laughing at us uh, unintendedly (laughs) because just, uh, you know, we go into a restaurant and we'll uh, say a table for two and they'll, they'll say, okay, yes, sir. And then they'll look at me and say, how many? And I'll say, 
No, I'm, I'm the one with him. <laughs> no, go. You see the mouth is all open because <laughs> we don't physically look like we belong together, but mm-hmm. uh, but intellectually and and maybe some of our goals for the the world, we both want to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the unseen things, yeah, mm-hmm. right. And he had two children, right? A son he and did. a daughter. Yes, okay. and you know, and it's it's weird to even call my stepkids because I'm telling you, they're like a part of my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't use the word step in our house, and so that's something we've done outstandingly well. You know, I was this single mom who's grief stricken, and all of our kids were grief stricken, right? Because mm-hmm. they'd all lost a parent. And then to be able to, we did that right. Now, we did a lot of the cultural things. Like, we could have been on 90 Day Fiance probably (laughs) had a leading part. But, you know, the marriage stuff and the was a challenge. But somehow, I don't know, I don't understand it, but it was was like a miracle. The kids decided to love each other. Um, All the kids seemed to appreciate having this other parent in their life. Mm -hmm. And, um, and... It's just really, I can't think of anything that's been a bigger blessing. I know all parents say this, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's awesome to have that impact on your biological kids, but also kids that were not born from you, Mm -hmm. but they were born from your heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, that they've impacted me and I've impacted them and I just can't imagine life without them now. But, you know, I think about that sometimes because I'm thinking if Tev is still alive, I wouldn't have this. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yet I so dearly miss him. But yet, you know, that's where sometimes we think on our darkest moment, we think, OK, my life is over. And I remember thinking that. And mm-hmm. I even told some friends, I'm like, yeah, I, I know you give me a lot of hope and things, but my best moments have already happened. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Little did I know mm-hmm. there's yeah. going to be so many moments. I got to officiate my daughter in New York. She's a surgeon residency. I got to officiate her wedding. Wow. Uh, and so what a cool life. And yeah. then my son's going to get married next year in California. And awesome. So I don't know. It's just uh, beyond what words can describe. Yeah. And it's cool when all your kids call you their best friend. Yeah. Aww. You know, it, it, it took a long way. So a lot of times when they're young, you you don't like them. They don't like you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we know we're headed that way yeah. eventually. Yeah. <laughs> but, I have then, two daughters also. It, it, it gets better and better. <laughs> yeah. But in their, when they get in their twenties, uh, late twenties and early thirties, they, they, they see you yeah. in a different yes. light. And uh, I'm just so grateful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, do you see why I love hearing why her talk about her, her family? Yeah. I know. And I just she's love her. Just, I'm telling you, <laughs> she's magic. But, uh, <laughs> but we look like the United Nations though. Seriously. <laughs> I'm not kidding that my, my uh, our oldest daughter is married to, um, he's Latino, mm-hmm. he's from Mexico, and then um, our son is um, engaged to Indian. Okay. Lady. Wow. And they're Chinese. Both. Mm-hmm. I mean, are they? Yes, both, their yes. mother was Chinese as well. Okay. And so it's just a, it's it's a very multicultural family, but yeah. it's a, it's good. Yeah. That yeah. I, I think that Charles and I kind of set that tone for that it, that uh, differences are, can be beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And you can just talk about that all day. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Okay, so back to the business. Um, <laughs> you served as the board chair for Oasis Women's Shelter for how many years? Well, um, I was on the board for nine and a half. Okay, and uh, but I think the first um, uh, the first two years that I sat under someone, and then since. After two years on the board, I was like, rather the board chair or the vice chair, which I just rotated. And now you're like board chair emeritus. Is that right? They like yeah. made up a title for you. Is that, yeah. That's what I've that's been so told. Kind. Honestly, <laughs> that's a rock star b- board. I mm-hmm. mean, um, 
they really, um, I don't know, some boards could be kind of stuffy and real formal. I mean, these are people you that I would want to be friends with. I'd want to fight over for a barbecue. I would trust with my family. Yeah. And so um, I didn't realize how much I would love them as people and that I would want to go the extra mile for them, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I became very passionate. Again, it was about wanting to decrease suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, as a there as working in the mental health field, I saw the suffering of domestic violence, seeing it in our community, and it seemed like a path. Um, I was invited on the board. It seemed like a good cause, and the lady who invited me was just like very very awesome, and and so, but I didn't understand that I would really fall in love with the mentoring. So I loved mentoring the board members. Mm-hmm. I went through three directors. And help acclimate them and um, help them to show up and do their best. And got to see them grow and uh, and have gratitude for my effort. It was yeah. almost, it's, it's almost uh, um, contagious in terms of it just makes you want to do more and more and more. Yeah. And, um, and so Oasis had some hard times. There was one time we lost a third of our funding. Oh, wow. And so myself and um, Aaron Wilson, who is the board treasurer, we worked around the clock to figure out how not to lay off people. We only had to lay off one person after losing wow. a third. Wow. We did some innovative things that brought in uh, more monies. And so, um, you know, there's been some like losing a director where I have to step in and almost be that interim piece for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the third most traumatic thing is during COVID. Now, imagine, you know, the whole world like is falling apart, right? right. I'm a public health administrator. And I was everybody's favorite call, right? Uh huh. But I'm also have the community dental clinic and Oasis, which are vulnerable populations. Right. Um, and we were asked after being in the same location for 30 years, we were asked to move. Mm-hmm. And so we were evicted, so to speak. They were going to tear down the building, and that was probably the scariest time of my life. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't sleep. I was like constantly having conversations with people, but. Um, The director is very, like, vivacious and energetic. Uh, The board is, and we just wouldn't give up. And so now they literally, we have a million-dollar grant, and um, they have a new location. And so we're in better shape than ever. Yeah. But there was a lot of tears, right? Mm -hmm. But one of the things I've learned, I don't want to sound overly positive, because I think there are many bad things that happen to good people, but Mm -hmm. I do find that somehow— when you think it's the worst moment, you just do a few pivots, mm-hmm. right? One time I read this article that said that in a fire, people die within inches of an exit. And I know that sounds gruesome, but it gives me inspiration that sometimes when I'm the most like, oh, my gosh, I can't see I can't see where the exit is. I, I mm-hmm. don't think we're going to be able to figure it out. I'll just in my mind, this sounds cheesy as heck. I'll <laughs> pat my hand and, and imagine patting it on the floor and saying there's smoke. I just can't see it yet, but I'm probably inches from an exit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that I, hit me. Yes. I, yeah, that's yeah. And so there's so many hard moments. And that was a time when I was patting a lot where yeah. I'm like, we've got to be just a few inches. Yeah. And together we, we put Oasis in a shape where it's going to do better for the next hundred years, hopefully. Yeah. And, you know, and the staff, they do such good work. And imagine if you lost everything. Imagine if you literally, your sweet, son what yeah after, yeah yeah 20 months old did yeah. you say uh-huh. imagine if you had to flee which i know in your case you're in a good you're in a healthy marriage mm-hmm. but it can happen to anybody and then mm-hmm. you're fleeing barefooted with your child yeah right in the middle of the night you don't have your documents you don't have birth certificates you don't have social security cards license 
might not have your cell phone or clothes and you show up, you know, at this strange place and being mm-hmm. asked to live with others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a brave woman who does that yeah. because you want better for your child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you leave the hospital with a newborn and you decide to take a cab to Oasis. Mm-hmm. Imagine. So when you talk about like, we could talk about all the degrees we have. We could talk about our pedicures and where we come from and la, 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 yeah. you know, give me some great poupon. <laughs> but, but really those are fierce women, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, that's saying, okay, no more. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make, and women are at the most likelihood of dying when uh, at the part of when they depart from the abuser. That's the highest likelihood they're going to be killed. I don't know if you know that. So they are literally fleeing for their life. When I say they're fleeing for life, I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. So it's a big deal. And so I was just so inspired by what the staff could do, like how they literally created magic in these women's lives. Mm -hmm. And, um, And so it's so cool to work with a board and a team to do that. And I'm just really lucky. I had a board who really appreciated all my effort. Mm-hmm. Seriously. And so they created like that emeritus chairperson, chairperson for life, I think, uh-huh. you know, and uh, but really they didn't have to give me that. I was connected by heart for life. Yeah. And uh, to them. And so I'm like uh, really into wanting them to succeed professionally and personally, too. Yeah. You know, it takes a, a really, really uh, neat person to spend their time. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've not suffered it yourself, you just see that the the pain, and want to want others to live a better life. Yeah. So it's uh, I, I don't want to waste all your time, but I love Oasis and yeah. you know, and the good that it does. Mm-hmm. And um, without that, um, we know during the pandemic there was a lot of people who were stuck in their houses. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you're someone in a domestic violent relationship, um, you may not have access to anybody now. Yeah. You know, and so we have seen coming out of COVID some pretty severe uh, cases where people have been trapped in their house for years. Well, um, our mutual friend, Jackie, and I's mutual friend, Ashley, when I was talking to her about you, Mm -hmm. um, because I texted her and said, how many years has she been with Mm -hmm. Oasis? Um, (laughs) But she texted, I guess, who is the the current chair of the board? Is it Jamie? Uh, Jamie, yeah. Okay, Jamie Bissell. Is yeah, that how you yeah say I love her. Jamie's my Yeah, well, little... she had nothing but wonderful thoughts. She, Ashley was like, she just won't stop texting me about how wonderful Suzanne is. Uh-huh. And like, she wants you to know all these things. And so <laughs> I think uh-huh. they really do appreciate. And I, you're not wasting our time when you talk about it because no, it's just so evident um, how passionate you are and how much you've dedicated to that. And mm-hmm. it's such an important well, cause. Thank you. And, you know, when you talk about like when we think about, I don't know, I'm one of those silly people who think about legacy work a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely working with those individuals in the community clinic was legacy work. Mm-hmm. You don't always get a chance in a lifetime yeah. to do meaningful things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very grateful. Mm-hmm. Well, and then one more thing that you okay. do. <laughs> um, and I've actually witnessed this before I knew you. Um, yeah. You were ordained to officiate weddings, which I think is really cool. Yes. Um, so how did you get involved in that? And, you know, what and do you enjoy most about doing that? It, it was a weird uh, turn of events. Well, I used to do missionary work with my late husband, so it wasn't so weird. Yeah. And I was involved in women's Bible studies and uh, leading those. So it wasn't such a jump, but I wasn't like a, a minister or anything at the time. I was working at the health department and... Um, it honestly came about being like it was a certain uh, situation with an individual where where I just all of a sudden got an epiphany that I enter into a lot of pain with people. Like I'm really comfortable like sitting in dark spaces with people mm-hmm. and saying, I got you. Yeah. I'll hold space for you. 
cry if you need to, you know, and I'm comfortable to a fault with that. But I found that sometimes when people were celebrating, they would forget to bite me to the barbecue, right? Because yeah. I represented that dark time. Mm. And, um, uh, and so that was really weighing on me that that pattern of how I was showing up, mm-hmm. I was doing that so well that I really wanted reasons to celebrate. And so I had a dream and this goes to sound really quirky, but I had this dream and I was officiating weddings and I woke up and I was so happy the next day. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, I didn't want to tell anybody because it was, seemed a little ridiculous. So I didn't tell my husband, my kids or anything, but it, I would not let it go. Mm-hmm. And um, I decided to go online and take some courses, still didn't tell anybody, finished them, became ordained online and kept it to myself Uh and thought, "Hmm, I kind of like just doing this for me. Maybe one day, who knows? Mm -hmm. Well, all of a sudden, uh, our mutual friend Mm -hmm. uh, came and she was, uh, I knew her mom forever, watched her grow up. And she said, you know, I really wished you could marry us. And I looked at her and said, why would you say that? And she said, well, because you're very open and affirming with different religions. You don't judge. And we're really needing somebody like that. And I'm like, okay, I'm ordained. I can do it. Ah, And she was probably like, what? And it was like literally like, I don't know, maybe six weeks after. Mm -hmm. And so uh, after doing that. So I felt like that was almost like a sign from the Mm, universe. And so I did that. And since that time... um, it's it's into the 50s, I think maybe 58 weddings mm-hmm. and then funerals because these beautiful human beings have bad things happen. They have babies who pass away. They have um, one of the grooms. They didn't make it to the first anniversary, was wow. killed in, mm-hmm. on a motorcycle. So so you can't really say I'll be there during your good days and not your bad. So mm-hmm. that's been surprising. So I've done maybe 20 funerals. Wow. And, uh, and so that's been special. And so getting to walk in the lives of these people, they go to the hospital just like you and I and going and praying for them. Mm-hmm. So in many regards, uh, since that point, I've taken some chaplain studies on online. Mm-hmm. And so since that point, I feel like that a lot of times I'm a minister to those who are unchurched. Yeah. Maybe who have religious trauma mm-hmm. for all kinds of reasons. Maybe mm-hmm. don't feel understood because of sexual orientation um, or just just disconnected mm-hmm. from a religious faith or, or community. And so, you know, I try to connect them to hope yeah. and without like trying to be religiously painful, mm-hmm. right. And offer love in the moment. And, uh, it's been a joy. And mm-hmm. so there's something very cool. I'm a romantic at heart. Right. Yeah. And, and so there's something very cool about witnessing that love, man, it's rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being so close to it and feeling a part of it, like that you had a part in it. Yeah. Man, I'm talking, that's, there's nothing like it. There's mm-hmm. nothing else I do that's like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that it sounds cheesy, but I feel close to God. I feel mm-hmm. close to Ted. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. and so it feels like magic. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You are magic. <laughs> Which, okay, real quick. Can you yeah. tell, you told me a story when we had lunch about a wedding. Um, was it on Halloween? Oh, no. Was it a oh, Halloween? No. But this is a really yeah. funny story, I thought. But. Yeah, um, I, I've learned I need to ask more questions. See, um, early on, I just didn't ask enough questions. And so uh, I was asked to do, I won't name the place, uh, but I was asked to do one on Halloween and I didn't ask enough questions. It didn't occur to me that I, that I should ask these questions. And so I show up at the house and it's at, it's in the person's backyard. And everybody sitting in the living room were in like costumes, not just costumes, but I'm talking like face makeup, like the, like theatrical I quality. Mean, you okay. couldn't recognize them, right? Okay. And so I'm like 
surprised. I'm shocked, yeah. right? Yeah. And so the w- one guy looks over at me and says, hey, are you dressed up like a preacher? I'm like, <laughs> I, I am the preacher. <laughs> and so they are so theatrical, I couldn't identify the groom. And so I'm, we're in the backyard and the groom keeps handing me the rings and I'm like, you're the best man. You hold them. He goes, no, I'm the groom. <laughs> so I couldn't recognize anybody. So it was just like, and then I, I'm like standing up there um, going through the sermon and I'm looking out and there's like clowns and then there's like <laughs> scary. Yeah. And there's like little kid gremlins like fighting in the yard and like, and I'm like, this is so surreal. <laughs> so now I ask questions if it's next to a holiday. What is the attire? What is yeah. the theme here? Um, yes. but, uh, you know, but they're still, you know, the whole thing is, is that regardless of how people choose, yeah. uh, they're still married. It was just the shock factor, yeah, right? Yes. That's funny. You did not yeah, expect. But, uh, I'll never forget just seeing all of these like animated characters just around there. It was surreal. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. And my friend came with me and she was dressed normal too. And it's like one of these is not like the other. <laughs> okay, so a good question yeah. would be, if you had known that you were supposed to wear a costume, what would you have dressed up as? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe a fortune teller. Yeah. Oh, that would have been fun. I like that. Yeah, I could have told them their future. (laughs) You will be in love and be married forever. (laughs) All right. So you're involved in so many things. I mean, the list just keeps going, both personally and professionally. How are you able to balance all of those things and take care of yourself? Um, I play the guitar. Mm -hmm. um, And um, I've gotten therapy when I've needed, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have friends that hold me accountable. Uh, They'll say... um, you look tired, yeah. you know, or uh, also I think about why it's important what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, sometimes it doesn't always feel like work if you're really clear and have a passion why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then just the relationships. So I gain relationships while I'm doing the work. It's not just about the work. Mm-hmm. And um, and then trying to laugh, like being with you guys, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and smiling, um, being with my staff at work. And finding something to smile about. Like one of the things we do to be silly is I walk up and I'll say, have you been admired today? And they're like, no, stand up. And they'll do like a little turn and then they'll say, have you been admired? I'm like, really? I haven't. It's like, you know. (laughs) Yeah, that's cute. So it's just silly, but it's a way to to uh, smile. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, we all should be admired. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think it's just I've had to work on self-talk a lot. Uh, Honestly, that's more helpful than a massage sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is if you could understand why you're doing it, why it's important and that you're not a superhero, mm-hmm. that you're um, a real person that hurts too and gets tired too. And then, um, you know, I can't say enough how helpful it is to have friends that are healthy, mm-hmm. that encourage you to be healthy mentally mm-hmm. and physically, mm-hmm. you know, and I like to go for long walks. I have a friend that I go on a seven mile, we go to a five to seven mile walk on uh, Sundays and that's mm-hmm. very beautiful, you know, and so you walked to Starbucks, right? Is that? Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. And I know you, you've you been on a health journey mm-hmm. and um, I really admire that. And I think um, walking, working out, those the kinds of things are really good stress relievers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yes. One, that's been a lifesaver for me. Mm-hmm. On, like literally, I think mm-hmm. the last few months with a it's lot of stress. It's better than eating your emotions, right? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, that's what I used to say. I used to say, I eat my feelings and I have a lot of feelings, especially during COVID. Yeah. Okay, so what is something non-professional that you've accomplished that you're proud of? Um, well, I, I talked a little bit about my kids. This is probably where I, I can't say enough with, um, it would 
it would be my kids still mm-hmm. here. And, and then they're, they're far from the professional part, you know, with four kids, you, they're just now grown and mm-hmm. all gone. And it's hard to even think about life without having to, every time I go to work, in fact, every day, I only live like seven minutes from work. Mm-hmm. Still this many years later, I pull in the driveway at work and think this was too easy. Like I'm so used to taking them to schools, you know, yeah. there, yes, right? getting absolutely. them dressed, kicking off shoes, you know, mm-hmm. you forgot to sign this permission slip, you know, mm-hmm. I was that mom yeah, mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you know, I had a lot of mom fails too, where Maddie was in band and she would say, I want you to, to do this fundraiser. And I'm like, my friends aren't your customer. And I throw it in the back seat. Yeah. Then she told me she got a grade for it, you know? And right. Like, <laughs> oh, <that's that. laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just uh, the joy of seeing my kids be good people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I have a grandson now. Uh, and so he's in New York and he's uh, probably about 18 months old. Mm-hmm. And he's just a joy. And just seeing them thrive and realizing that you had a part in that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Not everything to do with it, but the, they're at the age where they're really giving us credit, you know, saying thank you for helping us to, you know, paying for our education. Thank you for 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 being there for us. Mm-hmm. And they know when 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 the crap is the fan, we're going to be there, yeah. right? And so we, I try to go up once a month to New York to see my grandson and support them and nice. let them go on a date. Oh, that's awesome. But, uh, and we're going to see my son next week in California. So it's really special just seeing your kids. Um, they really are my legacy, right? Yeah. That legacy work. Because I could do all this charity work, and that's great. But one of the things I've learned in doing these funerals is is that the work you do makes up about two or three sentences of that eulogy. Seriously. Mm-hmm. But it's the people that you love and that love you. That's 90% of it. Mm-hmm. And that's been surprising. But it's true. So it's really made reinforced to me, like all the things I talked about are super important, mm-hmm. but not as important as what's at home waiting for you, mm. yes. you know? And so that uh, it took me a little bit to really learn that, you know, maybe it took the death of a spouse. Maybe it took watching kids, you blink and they're gone, you know, they're yeah. grown. Um, they're gone, but but they just show up in relationships in different ways yeah. mm-hmm. where you could be their friend. You don't have mm-hmm. to tell them to put on another shirt, take a bath, <laughs> do your homework, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, they teach you that at this point they're teaching me all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm just so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Like what a ride, right? Mm-hmm. Like you all, you all get to experience this too, yeah. you know, front row yeah. seat, but yeah. it just goes by so fast. Mm-hmm. And seeing your kids like graduate is better than you graduating. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, can't wait. yeah I, mean, I mean, I can wait though. No, I, I know. can't. I mean, I, I can't. Don't, yeah. But you, yeah. know, you know, what was really touching to me that the oldest daughter, when she graduated from medical school, she got a, a pin mm-hmm. and she pinned me with it. Aww. And so uh, she said, this belongs to you. And, you know, and you can't make, you can't buy that kind of stuff. Right. No. Yeah. And so it's pretty special. Yeah. And so um, maybe I've had hardship in my life. We, we have as a family, but Man, I've gotten so much more than I deserve otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm like about to tear up over here. Well, okay. I know. Seriously. So, who are some women who have inspired you? Or if you don't want to name specific women, um, what are some qualities in women in your life that have inspired you? Well, um, my first boss in mental health, uh, she was this little Jewish lady. And every day I'd come in and I was so spoiled by her because here, you know, I'm a tall girl. Yeah. And she's this little like four foot 11, a little curly <laughs> hair. Um and she would reach up and she said, come here and I have to lean down. 
And she would squeeze my cheeks and said, I just love you, Susie Q. And I thought every boss was going to be like Aww. that. But yeah, they're not. Just, but she just passed away recently. But man, what a legacy. And yeah. I was able to tell her in 2018, I went and spent a day with her in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I was able to tell her what she meant and got some recordings from some of the, the people. Everybody she supervised back then are leaders now. Yeah. So she had something where she let us fail and she let us succeed and she let us like get her hands dirty. And uh, so what a what a blessing to have yeah. that early in my career. I don't think I would be so willing to innovate now without her letting me fail a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the second would be uh, Pat Schneider, who is one of my close friends, moms, who she took me under her wing like a second mom. Mm-hmm. And she was there when I was. uh had a high risk pregnancy with one of my daughters and she literally took me to the doctor two and three times a week for like seven or eight weeks. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, and so my daughter has her middle name as a result. And then last but not least, Dr. Melinda Moore, who's a suicidologist. She's, she's, she's at Eastern Kentucky university Mm -hmm. and she does other psychology work and she saves so many lives with, and has such a passion to prevent suicide. Mm -hmm. And, um, and to really help those bereaved. And um, I think she'll never know what kind of impact she's had on me and so many others where all of a sudden we we as bereaved people feel understood mm-hmm. or feel like there's a voice and there's somebody who's doing research. There's somebody who's trying to prevent this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, I'm very grateful, have a lot of gratitude for her work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So last question. Mm-hmm. What are you most proud of about yourself? Um, maybe I could say a lot of different things, but I think many of the things that have happened to me in my life, I could be in a fetal position Mm -hmm. and somehow, um, I'm not, and I'm not saying, um, that there's not times to grieve or be sad or times I've wanted to be in a fetal position, but somehow I don't know if it's, um, an act of God or, or what it was, Mm -hmm. But somehow I was able to turn my pain into finding ways to relieve other people's pain and love them mm-hmm. um, somehow saved me. And so I'm very grateful that, that I had an attitude of service, that um, I didn't become self-destructive. I didn't mm-hmm. uh, get an addiction. I didn't, um, you know, my life didn't fall apart as a result of such tragedy happening, but I was that I really turned it into more love. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of that uh, mm-hmm. because it's a, many things that happen to us are very, very heavy. Right. Mm-hmm. And that somehow you can, sh- as a result, show more love, um, show more understanding, more empathy. Um, I think that's good when I see it in others. And, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that in myself too. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, just mm-hmm. the little bit mm-hmm. I have known Suzanne. So when we um, we met briefly at an event and then um, we had lunch, mm-hmm. which was wonderful. I could have stayed there all day, but I had to go Same. back to work, yeah. unfortunately. I like um, you too. And <laughs> I told Suzanne that it was about to be a really rough week at work. Like mm-hmm. there was just some stuff that was going to happen at work. And I came into my office the next day and our student worker at the front desk said, somebody said she was your friend and stopped by here. And there was a bouquet of flowers mm-hmm. with a note mm-hmm. on my desk from Suzanne. 
so thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And it just like when you talk about like that really meant so much to me in that moment because you knew and saw that it was going to be a difficult day for me mm-hmm. and wanted to show me love and care. Mm-hmm. That just said everything I need oh. to know about and you as a time. person. Yes, you know, with your busy time schedule, like, took the time to you know, walk yeah. into my office at Kentucky yeah. Wesleyan and do that. And mm-hmm. it was like everything I need to know about who you are mm-hmm. as a person. You're so easy to but, love. Seriously. Mm-hmm. She's not oh, easy yeah. to love. Oh, gosh, Both really. of you are. No, but, yeah. um, yeah, I just think you're wonderful and I really appreciate it. I think people have so much they can learn from you um, and take from you. And I'm just so happy that you took the time out of your very, very busy yes, schedule absolutely. Um, to talk to us. Yeah. Well, Arn sharp, sharpens Arn. And so I'm really um, grateful to be here with you guys, too, that that uh, I'm in good company. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you as a broad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Suzanne's daughter, Lisa, shares a special message. Hey, Susie, this is Lisa here. I just want to say how much I love you. And I know I tell you all the time, but I don't think you really can understand just through words alone how big of an impact you've made on my life, especially at a time when, you know, I was just graduating from college. I had lost my mom and I didn't really have kind of like a female role model that I could look up to that um, could show me the way of navigating the professional world. Um, I think I just hit the lottery with you in that sense, both as a mom and as a best friend. You know, you're the first person that I call when I need advice about something, whether it's interpersonal between friends or how to navigate, you know, like a political situation at work, what to say to my boss and how I should uh, be or dress or present myself at a meeting. Um, You always have the perfect thing to say and just the right words at just the right time to give me the confidence um, to kind of propel me forward and to fill me with the kind of energy and light and um, vitality that is so contagious that you that you carry in your day-to-day life. Um, the other thing that I think I don't say often enough is that I see all the work you do in service of others and you do this from a very, you know, deeply selfless and maybe painful place from the traumas that you've experienced personally. And you've kind of, you know, created something really meaningful and beautiful out of that. I think that's so deeply inspiring to me. And it makes me really want to um, find a way for me to also, you know, contribute my own, uh, contribute in my own way to make the world a better place. Um, because I see how much you do and how much that has impacted people around you. Everything from the community dental clinic where you're giving millions of people access to health care and dental care to the domestic violence shelter um, and even just to your friends and your family when someone's having a hard time, they know that they can always kind of call you and lean on you for support. And, you know, you're just the best. I don't know <laughs> if words could really capture just what an incredible person you are. So um, anyway, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but I just wanted to say how much you mean to me and um, how much I continue to admire you. 